ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Sports Ball Podcast. I hope you all had a great Thanksgiving yesterday, had some great football action, some great food, some great time with family. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Now, it's time to get down to business. Let's talk sports, because that's what we do here on the show. We talk sports. Let's start off with the main important thing, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving Day games, to be specific. Three football games we had yesterday, which included the Bears and Lions, the Cowboys and Raiders, and the Bills versus the Saints. Now, the Bills versus the Saints was a blowout. There's really no need to talk about that. However, I did say that the Bills were going to bounce back heavily. And what do you know they did? 31-6. to Not really much to talk about. Josh Allen went ahead and had four touchdowns and two interceptions. So good for him. The Cowboys game, very exciting. I'm actually surprised that they lost. That game had to go into overtime. However... Derek Carr and that Raiders offense are keeping their playoff hopes alive. At 33 and or 33 to 30, they beat the Cowboys. But the one I really want to talk about, mainly because, you know, I'm the fan of the team, are the Bears. Now you look and you say, Kyle, the Bears won yesterday. What is there to complain about? Andy Dalton threw for over 300 yards. Did you fail to see that he only had one touchdown to one interception? Now, to some, that may not seem like a big deal. But to me, Andy Dalton throwing for 300 yards and only having one touchdown? That's a big red flag. Regardless of the quarterback situation, I really don't think that Andy Dalton should be the starter for the Chicago Bears. It's really unfortunate when you go ahead and you look at everything and you say, you know, Dalton can do this. He, he's got the capabilities to do it. Oh, yeah, he does, 100%. But Andy Dalton's not it. He's not the answer. When they signed him in the offseason, I really thought to myself, you know, All this is, is just another Band-Aid. It's another short-term answer instead of going and getting a franchise quarterback. Fast forward to the draft, and they picked up Justin Fields. Come into week 12, and Justin couldn't play. He had a rib injury. Andy Dalton takes over. Barely beats the Lions. In fact, it wasn't even the Bears that won the game. It was the Lions that lost it. In my opinion, the Lions outplayed the Bears the whole game. There were plays here and there where I was like, you know, hey, that was pretty good on the Bears' side. But the rest of it, I was just baffled. And don't get me wrong, the Lions go ahead and they play teams close. That's their MO this year. They may not have a win, but they are playing teams very closely. And it does make you wonder when the Lions are going to get the win. 
To be entirely honest with you, I had no idea. I thought they were going to get it yesterday. The Bears are now 4-7 and seven on the year. And I'm seeing a lot of fans saying, hey, if we win out, we can go 10-7. and seven. Hate to break the news to you, but with that offensive line that I saw yesterday, and if Andy Dalton is starting at quarterback, you have no shot. I really think that the Bears should just start going ahead and looking forward to next year. There's no reason to go ahead and rush Justin back, let him get 100% healthy, go out, get a new general manager, go out, get a new head coach. Start from the ground up. Rebuild the foundation. And please, for the love of God, make this $4 billion franchise relevant again. Speaking of Thanksgiving, I saw a tweet earlier in the week that went ahead and talked about Christmas Day basketball games are a thousand times more watchable than Thanksgiving Day games. I want to pick that argument apart. So let's look at it like this. How many of you, honestly, have ever gone ahead and said, man, this basketball game is on on Christmas and I really need to see it. Let's say the Bucks are playing the Nets. I said, you know what? I really want to see this Bucks game. This is going to be a great game. There's probably like 25% of you that would agree with me, 100%. But the thing is, is that Thanksgiving Day games, football is just America's pastime at this rate. I know that baseball is supposed to be and such, but... How many people are you seeing rushing to the television to watch a baseball game every single day? It's the diehard baseball fans. But when it comes to football, football is just that sport that gives you some sense of joy and jubilation and all that stuff. I don't see myself rushing to the television to go ahead and say, holy cow, dad, look, the Bucks are on TV. I go ahead and I say, look, It's the Cowboys, a Thanksgiving tradition. Look, it's the Lions, though they may be bad, a Thanksgiving tradition. Everybody, I feel like, is a little happier when the football game is on as opposed to the basketball game. Basketball has its place. And personally, I think basketball gets a little more interesting the closer we get to the playoffs. Now, the same can be said for football. However, with football, the slightest loss to an opponent can just shake up everything. Where nine times out of ten with basketball, you can pick who's going to be the strongest contender. For example, the Warriors. The Warriors are going to go ahead and make it to the NBA Finals is what I'm seeing this year. And the Bulls will be in the playoffs and blah, 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 all that stuff. But with football, I don't know. The Bills won last night. They have a grip on the division again along with the Patriots. The Dallas Cowboys lost, which goes ahead and shakes things up for the NFC East. 
And the Bears won, which that doesn't do anything. And the Lions lost, which continues their losing streak. There's so many different implications. The Lions will probably have the number one pick in the draft this year. So the Lions should just keep losing. The Bears should just keep losing. But you know what? Like who you like. Like what you like. And personally, Thanksgiving Day, I look forward to more than I do Christmas Day when it comes to sports. All right, from there. The news on Jason Garrett. Football, right? More football. The news on Jason Garrett. In case you've been living under a rock or, you know, you don't pay a lot of attention to sports, Jason Garrett of the New York Giants, the offensive coordinator, was fired on Wednesday. Or Tuesday, excuse me. He was fired on Tuesday. They went ahead and made the decision basically because, you know, they weren't getting the production that they could out of Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. The offense looked like it was at a stalemate. Daniel Jones leads the league in turnovers over the past three seasons. So something's got to change. Freddie Kitchens is going ahead and taking over the responsibility from Jason Garrett. So why is this so significant? Why is this important? The Giants want to see if Daniel Jones can operate under a different offensive coordinator. Obviously, it wasn't getting it done with Jason Garrett, and Daniel Jones was pretty much dead last in a lot of categories. With Freddie Kitchens at the helm, you're basically getting a new perspective on Daniel Jones. You don't want to go ahead and call Jones a failure. You drafted him number six overall three years ago. And obviously, his rookie contract is coming up to a point where you're going to have to make a decision. Is he your franchise guy or is he not? If Freddie Kitchens can go ahead and turn Jason, uh, turn Jason Garrett's mistake, quote unquote, around, then you got yourself a bona fide stud, possibly in Daniel Jones. Over the past three years, I've seen flashes that Daniel Jones can play. But I never saw anything that really stuck out to me that made me say, you know what, that guy's a franchise quarterback. I can't honestly say that at any point I said, you know what, Daniel Jones is the guy. He is the man. Freddie Kitchens is basically in there to go ahead and say, look, We gave you Jason Garrett. It didn't work. If you can't do it with Freddie Kitchens, we're shipping you out and we're drafting somebody else. And if they do that, well, here's the thing. The quarterback draft class for this upcoming draft, it's not necessarily good. Last year was really good. I mean, you're talking Trevor Lawrence, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, uh, Trey Lance. You know, a lot of guys, Zach Wilson, David Mills, you had different guys that you could go ahead and say, yeah, I can develop them into a quarterback. This year, I'm not so sure. 
to be entirely honest with you, I can't really name one quarterback candidate other than C.J. Stroud from the Ohio State that really sticks out. And even then, is C.J. Stroud going to enter the draft? Is C.J. Stroud going to fit your system? I really think that the Giants need to take a hard look and say, you know what? Is Daniel Jones really the guy? Well, after Freddie Kitchens, I guess we're going to find out and see. But until then, they're stuck with a below-average quarterback. All right, from there. Speaking of football, let's move to the college level. College level of football, right? So the AP Top 25 was released on Tuesday, as it is all the time. And the playoff picture, well, you know, changes all the time. But I'm going based off of the AP Top 25 and what they have as the numbers 1 through 10. And I just want to let you know if I agree with that or not. Right? Number 10, they have Oklahoma University, which, yeah, okay, you could put them there. And a lot of people are clamoring, OU needs to be in the college football playoffs. Here's the problem. They lost to Tulane, or not didn't lose to Tulane, but they came pretty darn close to losing to Tulane. They almost lost to Kansas. Tulane and Kansas are not very good at all. Kansas went ahead and, what was it, a couple weeks ago, finally beat Texas. But that was because Texas gave that game away. They let Kansas hang around. Oklahoma beat Texas, but that doesn't mean anything. I cannot justify, even if Oklahoma wins out, beating OSU tomorrow. I cannot justify them going into the college football playoffs. I will say that they will make it to the number six seed at best this year. Number nine, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, two losses on the year. And that's probably where they're going to stay is within that six to nine range. I don't see Ole Miss losing. I see them going ahead and winning out the rest of the year. But you never know when it comes to it. Baylor at number eight. One of the big wins that I think that they had was against Oklahoma, which still isn't saying much to me, considering that Oklahoma struggled with Tulane in Kansas. I think that Baylor, from what I've seen, has the opportunity to go ahead and be a player, but I don't see Baylor making it into the college football playoffs. I think that they just need to go ahead and be grateful that they're even in the top 10. Number seven, Oklahoma State University. After this weekend, I believe that Oklahoma State University will move up in the ranks because I do think that they're going to beat Oklahoma. Bedlam. Right? It's the Bedlam game. Big rivalry game. I don't see Oklahoma, this year at least, beating OSU. I don't. Because I think that OSU is just that much better. And I honestly think that it, and when they beat whoever they face in the Big 12, they have a legitimate shot at the college football playoffs. Whether they jump over Cincinnati or, you know, they manage to make it to the number four spot, whatever it may be. It's very interesting to see that, you know, 
OSU is performing at such a high level when nine times out of 10, they're just the little brother to OU because OU is getting all the love and praise. And then OSU is sitting there like, hey, I'm over here. Look at me. OSU is going to go somewhere this year, whether that be the college football playoffs or a legitimate bowl game. We'll see. Number six, Notre Dame, the fighting Irish. Notre Dame ended up, I know, earlier blowing out a really bad, at the time, Wisconsin team. They lost to Cincinnati, who was undefeated still. But I still think that Notre Dame has a good shot at making it into the college football playoffs. Why? Because, well, the committee loves Notre Dame. That's just how it is. The committee loves Notre Dame. I don't know what it is about Notre Dame, but... The Fighting Irish, they constantly keep getting into the talks. That and because, well, they're a very good team. They're a very good football team. They have been the past few years, and I really think that they have a legitimate shot to make it in there. Number five, Michigan. Now, Michigan, right? The Wolverines, they got smoked um, by Michigan State in the second half. When they played Michigan State. The first half, I honestly believed Michigan's got this, right? I think they were up like 24 to 10 at that point, or 30 to 10, something like that. And I was like, God, they got this. They're fine. They're okay. All of a sudden, Michigan State came roaring back, and Jim Harbaugh still cannot beat the Michigan State Spartans. But is it so far fetched to say that if Michigan does beat Ohio State, They're not an automatic lock when it comes to the college football playoffs. Now, granted, I don't think that Michigan is going to beat Ohio State this uh, weekend, tomorrow. I think that they're going to go ahead and get walloped, just like Michigan State did. When Michigan State goes ahead and beats Michigan... 50 or no, 33 to 30, I believe, was the final score or 34 to 31, when they go ahead and they manage to get to a point where you are down 56 to 7 to Ohio State, what do you think Ohio State is going to do to the team that you lost to? You are going to get demolished. You are going to look like freshly squeezed orange juice. You're just going to be beaten to a pulp. I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State hangs another 50 on Michigan. I don't see Jim Harbaugh beating Ohio State. They've really come into their own. C.J. Stroud looks absolutely ridiculous. Number four, the most controversial team in college football, I feel like, on whether they should be in or out. According to the AP Top 25, it's Cincinnati. The Cincinnati Bearcats, they're 11-0. Good for them. They deserve it. I've been saying the whole time that Cincinnati should go ahead and be at the number four spot in the college football playoffs. And I said, you know what? If they're legit, like they're clamoring to be, let them in and see how they do. They would have to play Georgia right out of the gate. If you can beat Georgia, (laughs) yeah, I'm a believer then. Try to win yourself a national championship. Once again, any given Sunday, Georgia is the best team in the country. 
But if Cincinnati can go ahead and get in there and at least make it a dogfight, I'd be like, all right, you were legit. You were a legit contender. But the committee refuses to go ahead and put them in that top four spot. I believe in the actual college football playoff rankings, they have them at number five and Michigan's at number four. Cincinnati is constantly being told no because of the strength of schedule and who they play. They got to play Notre Dame. They ended up beating Notre Dame. Notre Dame sitting at number six. Cincinnati should get that opportunity to go ahead and show that they can potentially be a threat in the college football playoffs. But we'll see what the committee says. At number three is Alabama. Roll Tide, Alabama. Alabama is, well, everyone's favorite pick year in and year out. Alabama is the dynasty of college football. I guess you could call them the New England Patriots of football. The committee loves Alabama. Now, it'll be very interesting what will happen when Alabama plays Georgia. Because if Georgia beats Alabama, and I don't think it's an if, I think it's a when, I don't think Georgia's losing to Alabama. I think that what will happen is that Georgia will remain at the top spot, like they should. Bama will completely drop out of the college football race, which would then move Cincinnati a little higher into the seeding. But then that just begs the question, who would take the number four spot? I wouldn't be surprised if it's Notre Dame at that point, because Michigan's going to get blown back by Ohio State, obviously. I don't think it's far-fetched to say that for the first time, Alabama will not make the college football playoffs this year. If Cincinnati keeps winning, and if Notre Dame keeps winning, I think you see Alabama as the number five team in the country, as opposed to getting into the college football playoffs and wreaking some havoc. Number two, Ohio State. The Ohio State University in my opinion, one of the hottest offenses in the NFL, especially after coming up or in the NFL in college football, especially coming off of that big win against Michigan State, 56 to 7. Ohio State is just, they're legit. I really thought that at the beginning of the year, I was like, wow, Ohio State, this is all you got, really? Because they ended up losing early. And that was very uncharacteristic for Ohio State. And I thought, you know, CJ Stroud, this is the guy. This is the guy who's replacing Justin Fields. He don't look like anything. Now, I honestly believe that C.J. Stroud is a Heisman candidate, if not the Heisman frontrunner. That Ohio State defense and offense is kind of a scary thing to look at. We'll see what happens this weekend with Michigan and Ohio State. I do think that Ohio State's going to just put a wallop on them. I've said that countless times. But that's just my firm belief. Number one, the best team in the country is Georgia. Georgia is the best team in the country, hands down, period. There's no argument to be made. Their defense has probably like six or seven NFL-ready players. Their offense, not to mention, has like another five. It's scary. I don't think anybody's beating Georgia this year. I really think that Georgia is going to be the national champion when all is said and done. Now, who they play is the better question. If I had to go ahead and guess, 
it probably would be Ohio State. I think Ohio State and Georgia will be playing each other, and I don't think it'll be close if that's the case. I think that Ohio State and Georgia, if they played each other, I think that Ohio State would get somewhere from 14 to 21 points, while Georgia would get maybe 35 to 42. Georgia just has one of the most high-powered offenses I've seen in a while in college football. College football rankings are considered a joke from time to time. And, you know, it's something that you don't really know. You know, it's it's just a matter of opinion by the committee. And the committee is sometimes biased. Bias shows here and there. I really think that they should give Cincinnati a chance. But who am I to talk about it? All right, real quick, I just want to touch base on another sport. Wrestling. Now, wrestling is something that's very near and dear to my heart. I've been watching it for several years. <sighs> Here's the thing. WWE, right? WWE has had a lot of talent releases as of late. And the one that stung me the hardest was when they released Bray Wyatt, a.k.a. Wyndham Rotunda. It's kind of upsetting to see all this talent that is legit get released. You know, from John Morrison to Hit Row. Hit Row was starting to become a fan favorite. You know, all all these different people. It's just sad. Now, here's my thing, right? WWE, also known as World Wrestling Entertainment, is starting to show what I believe is its true colors. They're pushing the same people down your throat. It's the same tired narrative. And to be entirely to be entirely honest with you, I just don't see them going anywhere anymore. They're starting to become the second best company to who? Well, if you look, it's All Elite Wrestling. All Elite Wrestling, AEW, has had an extreme number of ratings. But the thing is, is what's crazy is that WWE still draws in more numbers. They beat All Elite Wrestling by 500,000 to a million viewers every single time. Why? Why? It's because the kids are going to be the ones that are going to watch WWE. It's more PG product. AEW is more directed toward a more mature audience. WWE is directed more towards kids. Every now and then, WWE will be able to throw in a curse word here and there. AEW just doesn't care. They go back to that gritty version of wrestling. You know, the scalping and all that stuff like that. They go ahead and they make themselves bleed. WWE, if they ever get somebody who bleeds, nine times out of ten, they'll turn it into black and white so you can't see it. It's just a sad fact. Wrestling is a dangerous sport. And I know people say that it's scripted and all this other stuff. But at the end of the day, wrestling is dangerous. You could seriously hurt yourself. Seriously. You're doing all these high flying maneuvers. That if you land wrong once, if you miscalculate, you tear your ACL. It's over. You have to rehabilitate for a year. And the way that WWE's been working, even if you're rehabilitating, guess what? If you're not making me money, you're gone. All Elite Wrestling, though. 
all elite wrestling, the wrestlers have legit pure talent, like guys that didn't want to come to WWE or guys that were rejected by WWE and they bring them in and look at what they're doing on the brand. CM Punk, for example, CM Punk was one of the hottest stars that WWE had. WWE released him. Everyone was wondering when he was going to come back. Nine years later, he finally shows back up on All Elite Wrestling after signing a very big contract, mind you. But it looked like he never missed a beat. He looked fantastic. On top of that, All Elite Wrestling gets Adam Cole, Bebe, in there. Brian Danielson. Kenny Omega looks like an absolute beauty. You know, not that he never was. The Young Bucks went ahead and signed a new contract with All Elite Wrestling that'll keep him there through 2026. You just got a lot of stuff going right for you. And Tony Khan, who is a partial owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, mind you, he has no small resource when it comes to money. Man's a billionaire. He's going to spend a lot more than what I believe Vince McMahon would. I think that Tony Khan, honestly, has a little bit more money than Vince McMahon. When you're a part-time NFL owner, on top of that, you're also the owner of one of the biggest wrestling brands in the world right now. Yeah, you got something coming. I would really love for one of these times to go ahead and see, like, a Survivor Series match with AEW and WWE stars. That would tear the roof off the place. People would go ahead and it'd be like the WWF. ECW, WCW wars, you know, it, it would, it would just be a lot of fun, I think. All right. With that being said, that is the podcast. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to subscribe, check out the notifications, make sure you never miss another episode and I will see you on the other side. Mm-hmm.